Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Story Hunter Productions podcast. This episode deals with graphic content and may not be suitable for all listeners. Welcome to Bermuda, a scenic and pristine haven of tranquility, an island paradise celebrated for its magnificent pink sandy beaches, coral reefs, and knee-length shorts, a well-known playground for the rich and famous. But like many tropical destinations, another world exists behind the walled-off five-star resorts and shiny facades, a world few tourists venture into, a place where people live, often in poverty. And sometimes when those two worlds collide in paradise, bad things can happen. It was the night of July 3rd, 1996, on a misty summer evening in Bermuda, when five friends heading home late after work spotted what they initially thought was a dog in the middle of Ferry Reach Road, a dark and isolated road on St. George's Island. But they quickly discovered the form on the road wasn't an animal. It was a young, blonde-haired girl who had been viciously attacked and left to die. She was still alive, but just barely. By the time the police and ambulance arrived, it was too late. Soon, the road into the island's state park was swarming with people. Homicide detectives, crime scene technicians, a police photographer, and even the deputy police commissioner was at the scene. Officials collected evidence, bloodied clothing strewn across the road, a torn portion of a condom wrapper, a pair of sunglasses, but no murder weapon was found. The young girl's body was transported to the local morgue for an autopsy, but she had already been identified as 17-year-old Rebecca Jane Middleton, a Canadian tourist from Belleville, Ontario, who was on a six-week summer holiday with her best friend, Jasmine Means. Now the Bermudian police knew they had to put their full resources 
into finding the person or persons who had killed her. Any crime on the small island was concerning, but a violent crime against a tourist was extremely damaging. Bermuda tourism, the island's most lucrative industry, relied on a reputation as a safe and friendly holiday destination. Simply put, murder was bad for business. I'm Catherine Fogarty, and in this podcast, I'm bringing you the true story of a dream trip to a tropical destination that ended in murder. A young Canadian teenager's adventure that turned horribly wrong and forced her devastated family into a decades-long search for justice in a foreign country. But truth and justice would prove elusive in the beautiful island paradise. Would anyone ever pay for the young Canadian girl's death? A murder so heinous that it would eventually attract the interest of a well-known British human rights lawyer, who also happened to be the wife of the British Prime Minister. This is Evil in Paradise, Episode 2. It's hard to be ever since. It also feels like a really bad nightmare. She was there to have fun. Is there? She never made it up. On July 6, 1996, Dave Middleton and Cindy Bennett returned to Canada with their daughter's body. News reporters and cameras waited for their arrival in Toronto. But the distraught couple had little to say. The past three days had been a blur. A parent's worst nightmare. It was still hard to believe that Rebecca was gone. Murdered on her summer vacation. Just two weeks earlier, they had dropped Becky and Jasmine two giddy teenagers off at the airport, not realizing that they would never see their daughter alive again. The Bermudian police had assured them that they would find her killer, but that really didn't matter in the moment. Now, they just wanted to get Becky home to Belleville. Three days later, On a beautiful summer day, the Middleton family, along with 1,100 mourners, bid an emotional farewell to the pretty, outgoing teenager that so many in the tight-knit community of Belleville knew and loved. Cindy had dressed her daughter in her favorite clothes, a sweatshirt and boxer shorts, and had placed her and her ex-husband's wedding rings inside the casket with Becky. Relatives, friends, schoolmates, teachers, and many others came together to grieve and to try to make sense of the brutal murder that had ended Becky's young life. Sitting beside Rebecca's parents in the front pew of the church was Jasmine Means, Becky's best friend and the last person to see her alive. She was still in shock. Why, Becky? It should have been her. She had been the one who had disobeyed her father by staying out too late 
and not calling him for a ride home. And she was the one who had agreed to get on the back of the motorcycles driven by strangers. Why had she made it home and Becky hadn't? Jasmine would suffer from survivor's guilt for many years to come. Sitting beside Jasmine was her father, Rick Means, who had flown back to Canada to be at the funeral. He too was in a state of disbelief and blamed himself. The last image of Becky, bloodied and battered, would forever haunt him. On the same day that Rebecca Middleton was laid to rest in her Canadian hometown, the Bermudian police were still searching for the two men who were last seen with her on the night of July 3rd. Police were asking anyone with information to come forward. With limited forensic resources on the island, sperm samples and other evidence taken during the autopsy had been shipped to Canada for DNA testing. But the police wanted potential suspects in custody immediately. Six days after Rebecca's murder, the Bermudian police announced a 10,000 US dollar reward for information leading to her killer or killers. And on an island where many native Bermudians still lived in poverty, the reward money soon sparked a tidal wave of tips. And the reward also had a surprising effect on one man's memory. Questioned just hours after Becky's murder, Dean Lottimore, who had driven Jasmine home that night, said he did not know who the other two men were. But Jasmine had witnessed the men high-five each other, and Dean had expressed his concerns about the men after they had taken off with Becky. Jasmine was certain they knew one another. Dean Lottimore was a 21-year-old Bermudian man who lived in St. George with his girlfriend, their three-month-old son, and her grandparents. And while he had previously worked as a kitchen porter, he was unemployed. So now, with a $10,000 reward up for grabs, Dean suddenly remembered who the men were on the night of Becky's murder. He told the police that he was sure that the man driving the other bike was a guy named Kurt Mundy, a Jamaican local who had been recently arrested for bank robbery. Dean had known Mundy for a long time, and while it was dark that night and the men were wearing motorcycle helmets, Dean said he recognized Mundy's voice. And Dean added it was Mundy who was doing all the talking to Rebecca and who had encouraged her to go with them. Dean recognized the other guy as well. His name was Justice Smith. Dean had gone to school with Justice's older brother and had been at their home just a few days before the murder. Within 24 hours, the police had the two men in custody. Word quickly spread across the small island of Bermuda that two local men had been arrested for the murder of the Canadian tourist. A relief for many, as the murder had made headlines and tourists were scared. But the two men in custody for Rebecca Middleton's murder denied everything. Justice Smith, 
said that he and Kurt Mundy had gone drinking that night at the Moonglow Club in St. George. They left around 3 a.m. and went back to Mundy's house in Hamilton. That was it. Kurt Mundy denied being out anywhere that night, saying he had been home with his pregnant girlfriend, Keisha Smith, on that particular evening. But unfortunately for Mundy, Keisha, sitting in the next room at the police station, failed to back up his story. She told the police that she hadn't seen Kurt until early the next morning, and Kurt told her he had been out with Justice Smith. It wasn't long before both men were requesting legal representation, and soon their stories started changing. With his lawyer by his side, Kurt Mundy admitted to taking Rebecca Middleton to Ferry Reach Road, but denied sexually assaulting her or murdering her. It was Justice Smith, he said. Smith had raped and stabbed the girl, and Mundy was willing to testify against him in court. The next day, Mundy led the police to a bridge where he said Smith had tossed the murder weapon. Police divers later located a knife in that exact location. Armed with a search warrant, they found similar knives at the home of Justice Smith's parents. It was a box of four steak knives, but one was missing. With the discovery of the suspected murder weapon and his client's cooperation with the investigation, Mundy's lawyer, Mark Pettingill, approached the lead detectives on the case. He told them that his client's role in the Rebecca Middleton murder amounted to nothing more than being an accessory after the fact. In addition, Kurt Mundy was willing to give evidence against Smith and even wear a wire to get a confession from Smith if that's what the police needed him to do. The police were still waiting on the DNA evidence that had been sent to Canada, but they advised Pettingill that the island's attorney general would ultimately decide what his client would be charged with. On Sunday, July 13th, 10 days after 17-year-old Rebecca Middleton was discovered near death on a dark and isolated road on St. George's Island, crowds gathered outside the courthouse in Hamilton, Bermuda to catch a glimpse of the two men who had been arrested for the murder of the young Canadian tourist. The shocking crime had attracted the international media to the small island, which had put extra pressure on the police to make a quick arrest. The island's tourism industry relied heavily on the country's well-marketed reputation as a safe destination for international travelers. Now, the powers that be could assure the public that the two men responsible for Rebecca's murder would be charged and tried for what they had done. Justice would prevail. And the two people most hopeful for justice were Rebecca's parents, Dave and Cindy Middleton. Since returning to Canada and saying goodbye to their beloved daughter, the Bermudian police had told them very little about the investigation and subsequent arrests. At least now, they felt a small sense of relief that the two men had been caught and would pay for what they had done to Becky. 
but the Middleton's trust in the Bermudian criminal justice system would soon be called into question when they learned that only one of the men arrested had been charged with murder. Based on a hasty police investigation, 17-year-old Justice Smith was charged with premeditated first-degree murder. Kurt Mundy, who told police Smith had raped and killed Rebecca and had shown them where the supposed murder weapon had been dumped, was charged as an accessory after the fact. The Crown Attorney's Office had made a calculated decision in their pursuit of murder charges and possible convictions against Mundy and Smith. Ultimately, they were willing to give up one to get the other, and neither of the men were charged with any sexual crimes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. 
And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Three months later, on October 16th, 1996, Kurt Mundy appeared before Bermuda's Chief Justice, Austin Ward. He pleaded guilty to being an accessory after the fact and then told the court his version of events on the night Rebecca Middleton died. Mundy testified that he and Rebecca had consensual sex in the park. He then left her and walked across the street down a steep hill to the beach to wash himself off. It was then, he testified, that he heard her scream. He ran back up the hill and saw Justice Smith stabbing Rebecca. Jasmine's father, Rick Means, who was sitting in the court, couldn't believe what he was hearing. Consensual sex? There was no way. Mundy continued, saying he had lied about his whereabouts that night because he was afraid of Justice Smith. I'm sorry, he muttered. Not possible, thought Rick Means. Everyone knew Mundy was the leader and a known criminal who 17-year-old Justice Smith looked up to. The Crown Attorney recommended a three- to four-year sentence based on the facts of the crime and Mundy's willingness to testify against Smith in his upcoming trial. Chief Justice Ward accepted Mundy's guilty plea and for what he called a gruesome murder, he sentenced Kurt Mundy to five years in prison for being an accessory after the fact. Rick Means couldn't believe what he had just heard and witnessed. Why were they letting Mundy off with such a light sentence? And why were they accepting his version of events before all of the DNA test results were finalized? It felt rushed, and it felt wrong. Five days later, Justice Smith stood silently in the same court as he was formally charged with the premeditated murder of Rebecca Middleton. Sitting in the courtroom were Dave and Mark Middleton, Becky's father and brother, who had flown back to the island from Canada. It was their first glimpse of the teenager accused of killing Becky, and they were surprised by his small stature. He didn't look capable of inflicting the kind of violent injuries Becky had sustained, at least not by himself. The young man kept his head bowed while the judge formally charged him with one of the most vicious crimes the island of Bermuda had ever experienced he would stand trial alone for the murder of Rebecca Middleton. But then Smith suddenly shouted out, Kurt Mundy is a liar and a coward. He stabbed the girl and he raped her. Now the police are trying to frame me for it and that's not right. His outburst surprised the court. But his words only confirmed what most were already thinking particularly Dave and Mark Middleton, that Justice Smith 
had not acted alone. And maybe the real killer had thrown him under the proverbial bus in order to get a plea deal. And the plea bargain was irrevocable, meaning Kurt Mundy could never be recharged for Rebecca's murder. But less than a week after Kurt Mundy's plea deal was reached, the Bermudian police received a final report on the DNA tests that had been sent to the RCMP in Canada to process. The semen found on Rebecca's body belonged to only one man, and that man was Kurt Mundy. The Bermudian Crown Attorney had a big problem. They had made a plea bargain with one of the accused to ensure a solid case and conviction against the other in the Rebecca Middleton murder case. Use Mundy to get to Smith. But their plan had backfired. Assuming they would find the DNA of both men on her body, they had rolled the dice. But the only DNA found belonged to Kurt Mundy and there was none from Justice Smith. Justice Smith had not raped Rebecca Middleton, and he was probably not her killer. They had rushed the case to protect the safe reputation of the vacation island, and now it looked like they had just made a deal with the devil. The police investigation and the Crown Attorney's plan had fallen apart none of the DNA evidence pointed to Smith. But with the murder still making international headlines, something had to be done. They needed to make sure the case against Justice Smith was solid. Someone had to be held accountable for what had happened to the young tourist. So while the Rebecca Middleton murder case remained in limbo in Bermuda, her family and friends back in Belleville, Ontario, quietly observed the first anniversary of her tragic death. Sadness and grief hung over what should have been a joyful occasion as her friends at Centennial High School celebrated their high school graduation. Someone was missing. It still didn't make any sense. And from what people in Belleville were hearing, the wheels of justice in Bermuda were moving very slowly. On the next episode of Evil in Paradise, the man most likely guilty of raping and killing Rebecca Middleton, Kurt Mundy, has lied his way to an irrevocable plea deal and will serve only five years in prison. And with no evidence directly associating Justice Smith to the crime, Bermudian prosecutors have a dilemma on their hands. Can they secure a conviction against Smith in the hopes of answering the growing calls for justice? The ongoing media attention on the case threatens to damage the island's reputation as a safe holiday destination and the Middleton family wants to see someone pay for their daughter's murder. But is Bermuda ultimately more intent on preserving its image than delivering justice to the devastated family? 
what will it take? This is a Story Hunter Productions podcast, written and produced by Catherine Fogarty. Audio production is by Daniel Borgers at Borgers Music. Visit us at storyhunterpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter to get more information and updates about new podcasts. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you enjoyed this story and others, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and feel free to leave us a review. We appreciate you listening. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.